This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Buck up, Bart! On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hey, happy Sunday morning, everybody. Happy Sunday, indeed. Lots of good convo going on in here, man. Yeah, we do have some good convo going on in here. You know what we're going to do for the show today? Sports? No. Oh. Two hours of royal wedding talk, baby. Oh, I'm with it, man. Let's go. You want to talk? Prince, uh... Prince Harry. Harry, is that the one? Yeah. Oh, okay. The guy was going to pretend like I don't know... I didn't watch anything. The- you definitely watched a lot of it with your wife. I guarantee you guys did. No. Um, again, sleeping better than 3 a.m. watching a royal wedding in a different country that oh. I don't care about. Um, oh, God. Jesse made that noise. Did Marie make you watch it at the No, 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 no. It's just it, Jesse, how much. It's on. I, I, Jesse, it's on. I, I honestly, we, luckily, Marie doesn't watch that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know that tone of voice that you just came across the microphone there. It mostly has to do with how much it's been in radio like it's 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 been in sports radio like come on has he ever shot a jumper or like hit a cricket ball or like literally there was a conversation on dan patrick about would you rather be prince uh who is it harry or would you rather be russell wilson uh prince harry russell wilson have you seen sierra well see okay so so this is where it was everybody was like russell wilson russell wilson russell wilson no, he had prince some... harry has an entire life of literally no worries uh, in terms of like money or anything like so that. russell wilson's gonna live to Seattle for the rest bit. of his life and you know he's gonna be nfl royalty especially if he wins another one um yeah russell wilson actually i guess technically they had somebody from england on during this conversation who said he has about 17 million in the bank russell wilson has more than 17 million in the bank so Russell Wilson's already rolling better, um, you know, wads of cash than this prince over here. It, I think I'd rather be Russell Wilson. He's, he's worth seventeen million. Okay, can we stop? Yes. I was literally kidding. I don't want to talk about the royal <laughs> wedding because I'm going to get sucked into this conversation. And well, no, that's a to. that brings up a whole different type of thing. Like, man, who would you rather be? It's like, man, would you rather be a prince of a whole country or would you rather be like? LeBron James, or or maybe not, maybe not LeBron, but I mean Steph Curry. Aisha's I'm, I'm, kind of fresh too, so I'd, I'd probably be Steph. And I, look here, I don't want, I don't want to get. You don't have to talk about the wedding. The the the, the best reason that the person from England this. could say, as far as you should want to be um, Harry over Russell Wilson, was he gets to live in a palace. 
Russell Wilson could buy himself a palace if that's he wanted. A, I, I don't think that's true, though. I think I think the the benefit to being Harry, maybe it's the detriment, to be honest, but the benefit in his eyes is since he was born, he has wanted for nothing. He has had literally everything he, he could have. He has been considered the most amazing person or one of the most amazing people in England by, I'm assuming, some people, maybe not everybody. And for the rest of his life, he will be considered royalty. Russell Wilson did not grow up royalty, right? R Russell Wilson grew up a, a regular guy. He had to fight his way through the NFL, uh, college football. He chose a couple of different sports. He picked the right one for him. Now he got the hot girl right now. He's royalty. Now Russell Wilson's yeah. amazing. But in 15 years, when his brain is mush because he's playing in the NFL, is Russell Wilson royalty anymore? Yep. I don't think Russell will. He's smart enough to not let his brain get yeah, mush. Yeah, I don't think he's going to have the mush brain. <laughs> we had somebody text in, which is awesome. LeBron's already the Prince of Canada. <laughs> so They named I the mean, city after him. LeBron, uh, LeBron is actually the king. He's King James. Literally, that's, I mean, we've all dubbed him King James. Like, we've, we've made him our sports king. So I, Yes, this, I, is, this text is why my, my agreement. This is stupid. Royalty is rich. They don't have to do anything. Anyone in America has to work. Yeah, yeah, but have you ever seen what a, like, you have to live a certain way as a kid. You have to act a certain way. You have to live to a certain standard. You have to, like, reach Man, these boom. certain feats as a, so I mean, gotta as go a regular some, kid. So you've you got to go to some grooming classes, and you've got to learn how to walk with a book on your head and, you know, sip your tea with your that is That's up. a but, great point, though. He's never know. had to work. All no, he has to do is, is not cool. be handsome, walk around, and that's not cool. know some manners. How, how boring would that be, like, forever, though? I, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like To be handsome and walk around, yeah. Let me tell you from experience, from personal experience, oh, wow. yeah. No, I have. Oh, I can wow. imagine. No, <laughs> absolutely no. <laughs> I kid. No, but, I mean, I can imagine, like, it'd be, you know, fun being a prince, you know. But at the same time, like, man, boo. Like, there's nothing to do all day. Literally, I'd go crazy. Like when I, whenever I'm off work for like a day, I'm like, okay, I need something to do. Ooh, I love like it. my son is at school, and I'm like, bro, this isn't fun. Dude, I have to do something. Vacations, baby, let's go. I love nah, it. man, I can only watch so much Maury or or Judge shows before I'm like, why oh, are bro. you watching the crappy TV? It, well, because Maury is awesome. What are you talking about? It's so funny. They always they you they they're never the father, and they never make it to the couch when they start when they start crying. It's hilarious. This is the one thing that all the one argument, and this is going to be such an American weird thing to come out of my my mouth because it kind of sounds like a little right wing. But what I love about the Russell Wilson over Prince Charles is Russell Wilson is the literal definition of manifest destiny, which is that is the backbone of are the foundation of our nation is you, you are able to manifest your destiny. You're able to come from nothing and create something great. You could have also chose a little more likable quarterback. Like I think people like Russell Wilson, but for the most part, I think a lot of people, well, they don't, don't like really... his, it's the same reason they didn't like Tebow. It's the religious aspect. Otherwise, no, it's, the, one of the no, most... it's not the religious aspect. It's I, the fake. It's the, yeah, it's the, he's really rehearsed. This is almost a, a, a Brady, bubbles. you know, type of response to where like you wrote this down. You knew the questions before you were coming in. Yeah, the, it, it's that. It's the it's the fact that everything he says is rehearsed. That's why I don't like Russell Wilson. I'd like to hear some real Russell Wilson, but I'm not sure if I ever will. All right, I'm stopping this now. I'm nipping this in the bud. We are not talking about the royal wedding. Come back from all the other radio stations you flipped to. <laughs> uh, we will have plenty of sports on the show today. Don't worry. Um, I just wanted to start with a, a royal wedding joke. I just wanted to throw it out there, and it LeBron's turned into that. I like that. Thanks, Jesse. 
Um, You're welcome. Text the fan text line at 55305. Find us on Twitter at 1080thefan, at Mike Lynch 27 at TaylorMade503, and Jesse's at Jesse Osman, A-S-Z-M-A-N. This is Sports Sunday, so we will talk about plenty of sports coming up on the show today. NBA playoffs uh, into the conference finals in full swing. It's very, very funny how the narrative changes in an NBA playoff series based off of one game. It's happened twice now in the Warriors-Rockets series, and it just happened last night in the Celtics-Cavs series. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about what narrative you should truly believe or what we truly believe. That's all coming up here in the first hour. I also want to spend some time getting into the Supreme Court's decision to legalize sports gambling, essentially. Leave it up to the states. Say, hey, you decide whether or not you want to legalize sports gambling. This is a massive decision that overturned a, what was it now, a 27-year-old law. Um, That's not correct, probably, but close to that. And uh, they basically said, look, you do you, boo-boo. You go figure it out yourselves. New Jersey's already ready to go. They've already got their first sports book ready to go in, in uh, Monmouth Park. I've been there, by the way. It's, it's really nice. Um, not the sports book, but the actual horse racing track. Uh, Oregon, we had a guy on primetime this week. Oregon may be one of the first states to do this because they were grandfathered in with sports action uh, and only stopped doing it because of the NCAA. Uh, so we got all sorts of stuff to talk about with that coming up in the second hour. Um, anything else you want to bring up today, Rashad? Anything else uh, on your mind? That was all I had, but I figured we could go with I that. Don't, I don't know. I don't think so. It's been relatively – outside of, the, you know, the, the playoffs, which there's been, like, what, two games this week? Yeah. Three games? You want to talk about Vegas in the NHL, how an expansion team is one win away from making the Stanley Cup final? Isn't that dope, man? Yeah, we can. I'm not rooting for them, so it's not dope. Why? I mean, it's cool, but it's, it's not He cool. doesn't like their style of play. Oh. It's boring. Well, that's one of the reasons. The other reason is that – They haven't had to – Deal with pain or That's strife. A Thanks for listening to Primetime. <laughs> we talked about so this on Thursday. Mean? And the fact that they tried to lose and then they're still winning. It just it frustrates me as an NHL fan of a team that lost miserably for the last four years and had to build their way back up to being into the oh, playoffs. Oh, boo-hoo, be better, right? be better faster. Like, So maybe we will talk about that. I can have feelings too, okay? Ooh, I can feel let them okay. Live. I can be let them live. They are <laughs> living. Live. They're a game yeah. away from the Stanley Cup. Exactly. Let's go Vegas. Other All hometown. Right. Five five three oh five is the text line. Coming up next, though, we will go to the NBA playoffs. Uh well, let's start with last night's game and the series. More more of the series than the game last night. Celtics now up two one on the Cavs after LeBron and his teammates showed up and won in big fashion. Did that change the way you feel about this series? This is Sports Sunday on the fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. That was a short break. <laughs> Probably good. We were Jesse was just congratulating me for getting us out on time and then predicting that I wouldn't for the rest of the show, which is probably true. But also, if we have short breaks, maybe I will get out on time. Maybe that's Jesse's plan. Start it. His head. I don't like this song because Drake never started from the bottom. No, I also started from like, like the middle. He started like, from the upper middle. Yeah, like he was on Degrassi for like 13 years. Yeah. He's wheelchair Jimmy. You can't make me forget. I also don't like Drake, so. Drake is when he's rapping, he's dope. When he's singing to me, he makes me uncomfortable. 
Yeah, he's fine. Um, he's funny in like when he's at Raptors games and they're all the memes. That's funny. Yeah, Drake. He's so he, he's so cute because he really <laughs> thinks that he can. <laughs> Drake's not a big guy either. He's maybe. Maybe five ten. Is know, he so. small? So yeah. So for him to act like he's swelling up on, who was it, Kendrick Perkins? Like, yep. Stop it. Uh, so the Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Celtics yesterday in Game Three of the series to go down to one to Boston, one sixteen to eighty sixth score, an absolute blowout by Cleveland. What's interesting about the game yesterday to me is LeBron didn't necessarily LeBron it. He didn't go for 50 and just carry the game on his back that way. He LeBroned it by being a point guard. He LeBroned it by getting his teammates involved. Because here's the problem. In games one and two, LeBron was doing everything. Literally everything. And nobody else could hit a shot. Nobody else was getting involved. This game goes for 27. Good game. Not LeBron good, but good game. But 12 assists. And the entire starting lineup got double-digit points, as did Kyle Korver off the bench who had all four threes. I wonder who, who made that decision. LeBron went, hey. This isn't working. I need to get my teammates involved. Bam. They won the game by 20. So, uh, or 30, actually. Um, A lot. So, I, I would say it was one of the smarter dominating performances by LeBron that we've seen in a, in a long time. Knowing what needed to be done because the Celtics were too good for him just to go for 48 and still lose every single game. It was finally a game where at least some of the other guys tr- – showed up a little bit. The past two games, it's been LeBron versus everyone else. But, man, certain guys have been like Kevin Love the last game, you know, he had a man, 22 and 15. So he tried to help, and it just wasn't enough. But I think um, it was J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, and um, Hill combined for like 14 points. That's terrible. You're not yep. going to win anything. And so it's been this dude really carrying this team on his back, which kind of shows you his greatness because even still, like he had 41 in that first game and was just dominant, and they still lost. Womp womp. There's really nothing you can do when you're really leading a team full of, full of bums to the Eastern Conference Finals against what I think is the best team in the East in the Boston Celtics. And let's be fair. You're right. They are full of bums. It's, 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 well, I mean, really, you know, outside of Kevin Love, who can show up on certain nights, but it, there's nobody else on this team that's worth really anything. But really, the Cavaliers don't have one starter. Name one team that Tristan Thompson would start on that's not the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, any of the really bad teams, but a playoff caliber team, none. And he wasn't starting until they needed somebody to defend Al Horford. Uh, George Hill is an aging point guard that was supposed to be the backup and is starting. Uh, J.R. Smith, is never a starter. Should Does never not ever belong be a starter. as a starter in the NBA. So it's LeBron James. hasn't been a starter since six years ago. Larry Nance was, doesn't deserve to be a starter. Jordan Clarkson, not on this team. Calderon, no. Jeff Green, no. Zizic, no. Rodney Hood, who hasn't played because he doesn't want to play, no. No, you're right. It's a bad team. Name, name the other uh, miracles. You know, there's Smokey Robinson in the miracles. Name the other ones. Mm, they were okay singers, but none of them were even close to Smokey Robinson. That's what this team is, man. It's LeBron James writing all the songs, making all the all the music for uh, for the Cavaliers, and then there's a bunch of background singers that are mostly off pitch. Well, let most me, nights. So let me. I don't want to talk about the game too much outside of just what we did there, but let me let me pose this question to you. And you kind of you brought it up when you walked in, and I, I was kind of already thinking along those lines. Is 
it's amazing how quickly our minds change, how the narrative changes, how we overreact after one game in a playoff series. The Celtics were up 2-0. They looked fairly dominant in those two games, especially after that big third quarter run of game two when it was close in the first half. And everyone went, well, LeBron's done. Where's LeBron going next year, right? That was the conversation. It wasn't about the series. It wasn't about the East. It was about where's LeBron going next year. And that's fine. But now all of a sudden, Cavs win big. Still down a game, by the way. But now all of a sudden, everyone is talking about how the Cavs are going to come back to win the series. Why do we change our minds so quickly in these series? It's a seven-game series, which is the best way to decide between two teams who is the best. It gives you all sorts of wiggle room to have bad games, to have different types of performances, to figure out exactly who is a better team. And to me, one game like this for the Cavs doesn't change the fact to me that the Celtics are a much better team, that they have a much better head coach, and that they will figure this out and still win in five or six which was the original thought after they won the first two games at home. All of a sudden now it's, well, watch the Cavs win four straight and win the series and go to the NBA Finals again. We just talked about it. Who else on the team besides LeBron and half of Kevin Love is going to be able to do this consistently? Yeah, Nobody. And this is one of those things I think everybody was waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, people, it was a foregone conclusion. LeBron was, after sweeping Toronto the way they did, they were going to go on to Boston, and they were going to handle them and move on to the conference finals. So there are a lot of haters that with the minute that he lost that first game, oh, this is your king, all the memes and everything came out. And, you know, people, they really mistake, you know, his greatness. Because let's just be real, man, it's LeBron versus everybody else. You know, he's the best, he's the best team in the Eastern Conference, you know, kind of all his own. And everybody was ready for him to, to lose. And you thought for sure it was going to happen. So when you, they were up 2-0... Oh, look, LeBron, all the haters came out. But then with the minute they won the first game, all the lovers came out and was like, oh, what are you talking about? It's just two sides that are playing the entire time. So it seems like, I don't know, man. It, this, is, this is a weird dynamic with, with LeBron. And he's the only dude I've ever seen this happen with. You know what I mean? As far as this love-hate type thing. Yeah. I've never, like, Kobe, people, most people just hated Kobe. Yes. It was kind of exactly. one of those things. Like, you know, everybody, Jordan... Everybody revered him. Everybody kind of loved him, and there was no real argument there. LeBron is the first dude that's like, you're really like on either side of the fence. He's polarizing. It's it's it, but it, he's not polarizing in a way that makes any sense, because when people are polarizing, generally, generally, they are very very outspoken in their opinion of something or of many things, and. Half the people agree, half the people disagree. They're super polarizing, right? Or their personality is a type that aggravates some people, right? Like, not that not, this person's polarizing, but to me, I don't like Russell Wilson because I hate his personality. Like, it really bothers me. But it's not; it doesn't feel genuine. Exactly. But that's that's a that's a me thing. I want people to be genuine with me. That's that's kind of like my thing. But with LeBron, it's not that. Some people hate LeBron's personality, right? Some people hate the fact that he's reading The Godfather, but is he really reading The Godfather? Some people hate the way that he holds himself in the press conferences and how he talks outside of his locker. Um, some people love that he is all over social media and is an active social media player. Some people love the fact that he coaches his own team and, and gets coaches fired because he's that good of a player that he can do that. So he's polarizing for basically every single thing about him. Mm-hmm. 
there's nothing that about him that everyone's like, yeah, I like LeBron for that, or I hate LeBron for that. Everything he does is polarizing. I don't think we've seen a player. I'll think about it when you counterpoint. I don't think we've seen a player like this in terms of how polarizing they are for literally everything they've done. And and the other thing we'll say about LeBron is every excuse me, geez, every great player for the most part that's won a championship has had a great coach behind them. Think we can go through the through through all of the history from Tom Jonovich with the Rockets and obviously Pat Riley with the with the Lakers and with the Heat and all those. Man, who's been LeBron's great coach? Like he made Eric Spolstra an awesome coach. Let's just go ahead and and, and be real. That was his best coach. That was his Eric Spolstra was his best because Spolstra is still, still a it's still a good coach. But having LeBron on it's your team and D Wade and yeah that that definitely helped. But man, Mike Brown was the coach of the year. Uh, Blatt won like. I think he won like 60 games like that first year, and then he was fired when they were number one in the East, like during before the All Star break. Tyrone Lue, like he's he elevates coaches. It's never been the other way around to where a great coach takes a player, a good player, and says, "Man, you're going to be a great player." Kobe is lucky enough to have Phil. He had Phil without Phil for what five seasons? He won nothing. Got him for another five. What do you know? I, he's got five rings out of it. So. It, who, who's who's been LeBron's motivator? He's had to be the one to elevate the coaches. The pressure's been his motivator, probably. Which is why, I mean, how, who's Mike Brown coaching right now? He's an assistant somewhere, not head coach. With the Warriors, right? Yeah, he's an assistant there. You know, where's David Blatt? Uh, Israel again? The only one with with the job still is, like you said, Spolstra is because he's at least a good coach, yes. an, an okay coach. But he, did he elevate LeBron? Absolutely not. Well, did he? No. Maybe. No. It was the second year when LeBron decided, all right, man, I'm going to do the scoring and the passing. D-Wade, you just kind of score for me. That's the way they decided to do that. Instead of him deferring, he took more of the responsibility. I don't know how much Eric Spolster had to do with that. I want to give him a little bit more credit. I feel like he took, obviously, an amazing team that was built to win. But remember how they started that first year? They were just like this amalgamation of parts that weren't working very well. And then all of a sudden, they turned it completely on. And I want to give Spolster some credit for that. Spolster's I, I not think, a bad coach. I think he figured out how to make all those pieces work together. And if you think back to the Heat days, I don't remember as as many issues between Coach and LeBron than I do in every other one of his. Well, stops. do you remember LeBron bumping him and that that whole? You know, there was there was some. There was I don't some remember that. With, no, but I mean, so I look at this team that LeBron has right now and. Far less talented than anything he had to work with in Miami. Yet and still, here he is three games away from going back to the NBA Finals for an eighth straight year. So, like, Eric Spolstra, yeah, good coach, but he's been there without you with subpar par coaches for the past going on four years now. So, uh, how and Eric Spolstra hasn't been out of the first round since then. Didn't make the playoffs the next year. Like, so he's I made get the playoffs it. with some pretty average teams. No, he has, but also at the bottom of the East. Like, that eighth seed, which is incredibly attainable to whomever is the least terrible at that point. Look at you just hating on Spolstra. I'm, just I'm not hating on Spolstra. How many times did I say Spolstra is a good coach? I'm kidding. But I'm a kidding. good coach makes things happen with subpar talent like Brad Stevens is doing. I'm kidding. Um, but, yeah, so that that's how the narrative changed with this series so quickly. For me, it's still the Celtics series. Uh, they're still a better team. They still have a better group of players than the Cavs do. And – Terry Rozier said after the game that it was a wake-up call for them that they sh- they can't get too comfortable after going up 2-0 against a team like Cleveland with LeBron. 
if if that's true, if that wasn't just player speak, if that's true, then expect the Celtics to win game four because they've played much better than the Cavs as a whole. And don't expect the Cavs to shoot 50% from three, 17 of 34 again. It's probably not going to happen. Probably not. Um, so anyway, I'm going to stay on the clock again, Jesse. Coming up next, the Warriors Rocket Series. Game three is today right here on The Fan. Game one, it was over. The Warriors are going back to the finals, baby. Game two, narrative changed again. We'll discuss next here on Sports Sunday. Here's Jesse with Sports Center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. couple of texts from the last segment before we move forward. When LeBron plays like magic, he's great. When he tries to do it all like Westbrook, he's doing too much and loses. This is from Jay Money, RP1. LeBron picks his teams and coaches. Got to stop making excuses for him. He's playing GM also. True. True. And I think the problem is Dame is, is that playing GM. I think the problem for LeBron is that when he plays like magic and he builds a bad team, He's going to lose most of the time because if he's passing the ball to his teammates, they're not good enough to be consistent enough to win those games. Unfortunately, there's no James Worthy or Byron Scott on the other end to make some plays happen after Magic gets him the ball. So that's the big issue with being Magic Johnson is the fact that you have to carry those other guys, you know, to make sure you can do stuff. But those other guys are talented. J.R. Smith is not Byron Scott. So you can't be Magic Johnson. He's got to be Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and have that killer instinct. Otherwise, they have no chance with that roster. Well, is this the best that he can get? Has he kind of cornered himself? Because every time he's played with an all-star, it's been like, you have to relegate yourself to this role. You can't be yourself. You have to be my puppet. And then the next thing you know, this is the cast that he has coming around him because they're like, oh, well, I like like they're talking about going and playing in – in Philly and how that's not a good fit because why would Ben Simmons want to play with but, LeBron? But you, and that makes sense. But you win. Like, I don't like, I'm looking at Kyrie Irving and saying, bro, you were nowhere near the playoffs. Like, I'm not talking about just, oh, I just missed it by a couple games. Like, you're 30 games away from being anywhere near a playoff team. You got LeBron and in three seasons, you went to the finals every year and you got a ring out of one of them. But and my how- thing is like, Kyrie, Kyrie's now in a situation where Boston is better without you. Like when you come now, the question is Kyrie comes back. How does this work now? Because Gordon Hayward is easy to work back into that roster. Gordon Hayward does a little of everything. He defends. He rebounds. He can he can he can hit the that that uh, the jumper. He can do everything. Kyrie's gonna does nothing for you but score. You're in a situation where you're up two one on the best player or the best team in basketball, LeBron James. Man, do you you really need Kyrie? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at that right now. Like, that's an issue. So Kyrie made himself kind of – put himself in a terrible situation because if he's on Cleveland, well, they, they beat them. They beat Boston. Well, I kind of – the way I look at it with that argument is I feel like the guard position player doesn't have to sacrifice as much as the big position player in these big threes that we've talked about. Like, Dwayne Wade – what did Dwayne Wade truly sacrifice in those? He was still able to play like Dwayne Wade – he was still driving all the time, dominating the game from the guard position. No, Chris Bosh had to sacrifice. That's what I'm saying. That's what yeah. I'm saying is the big had to sacrifice because LeBron does both. But when he goes inside, Chris Bosh has to go outside and be a shooter. 
right? So he became corner three Chris Bosh. With Kyrie and Kevin Love, Kyrie wasn't exactly the same, but he was still able to do a lot of what he's good at. Kevin Love was relegated to corner three shooter. Now, without Kyrie, Kevin Love gets to do a little bit more, but he's not... He's, he's still not the same player because LeBron dominates so much attention inside. I think if you're going to play with LeBron, you need you need to get him a great guard and then leave him to be the great big because he just makes that third player essentially a, a useless shooter. Yes. And so if, if he wants to win and build a team, I know, I know you need big threes and big fours now if you're the Warriors, but um, I think if he wants to win and have a more effective team, he shouldn't try to for I'm, I'm talking like he's the GM because he probably is he shouldn't try to force the team to get a third big player who's a big he should just settle to play like him and Kyrie together and then use that money to get better players around them as a whole I think that would have been better than putting Kevin Love in the corner and having him get all pissy and no hate everything and all that kind of stuff if they had just kept uh Wiggins then this wouldn't have been a problem at all that you would true. have two wing I thought that players was the that stupidest you, trade they could have made it was a silly trade you know you could have let him develop and right now Andrew Wiggins little 19 points that he's putting up in Minnesota he's not as good as we thought he would be but he's still solid he's he's a, he's a he's a good third option to a team right now he was the number one pick though yeah and he was that's I mean it's a draft. It's a, it's, a, it's a draft. You have no idea what you're going to get. It's a, it's a lottery pick. And that's exactly what they call it. You know, so it could you could hit big. You could lose all your money. But the fact is, he's still a starter, which is one of those things that Cleveland does not have outside of LeBron James. Clearly, you put Wiggins on any team in the league, and he is a starter instantly. You can't say that about anybody that's on LeBron's roster now. Except for Kevin Love. Except for Kevin Love. Um, and we... He, he already kind of killed Kevin Love's confidence the last few years. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's one. That's, I mean, what, LeBron, that's what he does. If you're Bosch big, was never able to be the same again. I don't think Love will ever be the same again. Like, I honestly, there's certain players that just go to LeBron and they die. Now they're like good. they win championships, but they they die. Like their career kind of sucks. Yeah, but they won championships. That's <laughs> no, all. But really if you're Kyrie, good. you got to worry about that. You were going to win. Like, you were going to be in a situation to win now. If you played the Warriors, probably not. And it was eventually going to be your team. And it was going to – and you knew that. But you didn't want to wait, and you want to be your own star. And now you're – you even played since the All-Star break, and your team is winning without you in the playoffs. And you sit on the sideline. You're looking kind of sad. There are certain times you look at Kyrie and look at his team's success, and how could you not be a little upset? The other text I wanted to get to, uh, the unique thing with LeBron's haters is haters usually admit it or usually admit a great player is great, but people like Bayless, et cetera, act like LeBron's faults make him only okay. I hated Kobe, but his numbers were great. I admit it. LeBron haters act like it's all an illusion. He travels in every play. Nothing he does is real enough. I agree with that. I think what it is is LeBron fatigue. I think in the era that we're in right now where social media and the 24-hour news cycle and all that kind of stuff and the fact that the way the, the fact that the NBA is the way it is, where only a couple of teams have a chance to win it every year, you're focusing so hard on LeBron and Steph and KD, et cetera, every single year that you get fatigue. And let's not pretend like for the last 12 years we haven't been focusing 100% on LeBron in the NBA. This is when, when did he come up? 2004? Three. Three? Um, so what is that, 15 years now? Mm-hmm. It's been 17 years, because remember, we started when he was in high school and he was on SI. 17 years we've been focusing on LeBron. I think all the LeBron hate and not wanting to admit that he's good is LeBron fatigue. Because what you're doing it, internally as a person, you're saying, 
This player's great, but I'm so sick of watching him play every single night on TV. I don't want him to win another title. I'm tired of it. And it's like, of course you know he's great, but you want to diminish it because you don't want to have to think about it so much. So I think naturally you're just like, well, he's not as good as everyone says Well, that's the definition of hate. Of course he is. And that's the definition of hate. You know (laughs) all the good things, but yet you want to focus on the bad. Like, for instance, oh, man, James Harden, he he, he flops when he gets to the – who cares, man? He gets to the free throw line ten times. Like, if he was a blazer, you wouldn't care. You know, so we we love who we love. We – hate who we hate and that's just kind of the way it's, it's I guess it's human nature but being a hater is this that's not cool you know come on man like and that's what the trolling man that's giving haters the, the most the, the biggest voice all of a sudden you can say whatever you you kind of want to now so that's what trolls are they're they're absolute haters like it's okay to dislike something I'm good with the Warriors losing I put on my Facebook the other day man I get great pleasure in watching them get smacked like this like it's just we know we know the Warriors are a great team and all those things much like LeBron fatigue I just I just don't want to see this team with Kevin Durant win anymore like it's it's become kind of frustrating and boring so I would like somebody else to win so, I agree it's I, not I, it's not hate like I don't hate Steph Curry I don't hope anybody gets hurt you and hate after KD the, after what he did I can't stand that I thought it was a weak move but you know that's that's what it is. I mean, that, that's if that's hate, then, you know, whatever. He's still awesome. He's still great. And he's still <laughs> the second best player in the world. Like, I'll never not say that. Yeah. Like, him going there doesn't make him not any of those things. It just makes him weak. All right. Well, coming up next, let's talk about that series. KD has been the only solid positive for the Warriors so far. He's been second best player in the world. He's of been course. unstoppable. But the series is tied at one. The narrative, as we talked about last segment, has shifted completely again why and what do you think is actually the true narrative and what's going to happen that's next here on sports sunday on the fan weekend sports with a difference this is sports sunday with mike and rashad on 1080 the fan Last segment here of the first hour on Sports Sunday. Last segment already? Of the first hour. Jeez. Yes. Oh, we are really moving today, huh? Flying by? Feels, feels like a flying by to you? It does, man. I had no idea. I didn't know it was 945 already. Yeah. Well, next hour coming up, we will do Hate It or Love It, of course. That is at 1030. Uh, we will talk the legalized sports gambling. I think this is a really interesting topic that has all sorts of little tentacles off of it. Um one of which just came across on my Twitter, which I will relate to you. It's an interesting argument that uh, many people are making. All right. So that's coming up next hour. And uh, that'll probably be it next hour. But uh, text your thoughts to the fan text on at 55305. And then, of course, you can also tweet at 1080 to the fan. At Mike Lynch 27 is me. Rashad's at TaylorMade503. And Jesse, our producer's at Jesse Osmond, A-S-Z-M-A-N. But we're talking some NBA playoffs here in the changing narratives uh, before we switch gears, just spent time talking about LeBron and the Celtics and want to flip over to the Western Conference Finals, which does have game three on the fan today. Five o'clock, I believe, is when the tip is. So 430 is going to be when the coverage starts here on the fan. Series is tied at one. After game one in the series, the Warriors won big. It never really felt like it was in doubt. And everyone went, well, well. Here's the series we all wanted. This is our NBA Finals, and now it's going to be a bad series, which I I will I will admit I was guilty of. I felt the same way. I saw the the Warriors perform the way they did, and I was like, "Damn, Steph didn't even hit a, a th- more than one three. And you're telling me they won by that much? Well, Game Two comes out, comes out. Game Two happens, and 
Houston just smokes them, blows them out, knocks them out of the park. And Steph only hits one three again. And you got guys like Eric Gordon just going off off the bench. Harden's playing well, of course. Capella kind of shows up in that game. And the only one who shows up for the Warriors is KD, who's been great these first two games of the series. And now, like we talked about, everyone's overreacting again. The narrative changed again. What was the narrative before the series started? We said these are the two best teams in the NBA. This is essentially our NBA Finals because whoever one of the, either of these teams plays in the East is going to is going to they're going to win um, in the finals. The, this is going to go six or seven games. This is going to be a competitive series. Why do we let ourselves get tricked like this? Why do we let ourselves go? Well, the Warriors are going to blow them out now, and now it's like, well, the Rockets are going to blow them out. No. This is exactly kind of what we expected, right? Yeah, this is this is exactly juggernaut teams in the West going at it and fighting each other to the death. Yeah, and sometimes not all those games are going to be super competitive. Like in the playoffs, you're especially when you got two good teams, you're going to see a blowout. You're going to see one blowout per team. In the game, this is this series is probably going to go six, maybe seven games. Uh, these were the two blowout games. I, I assume that moving forward, we're going to see a lot tighter basketball. I don't. I think tonight might be might go a little more kind of like game one went for the Warriors. Um, they play differently when they're at home. They just, they they really get yes, behind that crowd. Um, Steph is just a different dude when he's at home as opposed to when he's on the road. So Clay Thompson all of a sudden looks like he's, you know, that guy again. But yeah, everybody overreacts because that's the thing to do. We live in such a reactionary world. And I think Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram and all those things is giving people an instant um you can have an opinion as fast as you want to. And so sometimes all those opinions aren't shouldn't just come out with those right away. But, yeah, it just kind of – that's what people people do. So the Warriors win game one. Oh, that's the way it's about to go. They're about to get blown out. And it was crazy because the one thing we've been hearing all year about the Rockets, their best team – they're the best team in the West at the point. I mean, really outside of the Warriors, they move the ball really well. All the, That's what they do. You have two point guards that run the pick and roll incredibly well. And – they lost game one, and then it was, oh, well, James Harden is the most over-dribbled point guard in the league, or over-dribbled guard in the league. He's dribbled 500 more times than LeBron. I was like, we're – oh, all they do is isolation. It's like, that's all they do is isolation? Like, these are two guards that both average eight assists. Like, clearly isolation isn't all that they're able to do, but that's what the narrative is for that game. So as soon as you lose it, man, it's, oh, is Steph hurt? Is his knee bad? No, Klay Thompson's just all of a sudden playing really well over these past – he's found his groove in the playoffs, you know? So the people just – React, but about the wrong stuff. I feel like, man, like that's that's the one you when you win a game. Nobody said anything about Steph's knee. Nobody said anything about him not playing well. They lost the game. Is, is he really? Is he really a hundred percent? Sources say. Oh, now sources are saying stuff. Like it's 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 craziness, man. You can't listen to everything. I think Colin kind of touched on this on Thursday morning, and it, it was something I was instantly thinking about um, while the game was going on, and that was, I I think. Ever since they had the most wins, you know, in a regular season, they realized how much they need to pick their spots, save their energy when you're making a run all the way to the finals. That's another quarter season onto your onto your season. That's a lot of basketball. Yeah. And so you realize that, and this team since then has been very good about picking its spots. And it just screamed to me of a team that, even though Kevin Durant was having his night, that they kind of were like, we got, we did what we came here to do. We got one. We got one. We yeah. got one. And that's it. 
And, and, and the narrative shouldn't change because of that because they're like, conserve energy, we'll be ready to go here in four days when we have all this rest. There was something telling at the end of that game. Like with like five minutes left, the Rockets are up like, at this point they're up 30 or something like that. And Harden, Paul, but all the starters are still in the game. Man, everybody from Golden State was on the bench. Remember, Steve Kerr is from the school of Popovich. And Popovich in the playoffs, my team is getting blown out in game four. Hey, man, that's a wrap. You guys come sit down. We lost this one. Like, we're not even going to try to – I'm not going to put my starters out Conserve there to expel energy. all this energy for a game that we're not going to win. Game is over. Bench guys, go in there and get your minutes. And that's exactly what Steve Kerr did with, like, seven, eight minutes left in the game. Like, all the starters on the bench. He knew that yeah, this, this game is over. There's no point in us trying to do that. So, they yes, the Rockets blew them out by 30, but just – or, you know, 22. It should have been 30. But don't think that lightning is going to strike twice, especially when you're playing in – is it Oracle? That's a good point. I didn't even consider that, that even at this point, they're still conserving energy because they know, or at least they're confident enough in themselves that they know that they should win this series. Mm -hmm. They did get that win in Houston that they needed. Um, if they win both at Oracle, then they've got home court firmly in their favor and they could even lose game five in Houston and, and still feel confident about winning the series. Um, and I guess it is kind of like the school of Popovich. Now, I'm trying to think back. I don't have the best recall for NBA playoff series, but did did the Spurs in their run have games like this where Absolutely. they just got smoked? Uh, the was it two thousand five uh, finals with the the Detroit Pistons and the Spurs uh, went seven games, um, and it was back to back man, close game, close game, blowout, blowout, you know, close game, close game. That's just the kind of the way it went. And so, yes, the Spurs have definitely been blown out. And it was right around that time, middle of the third quarter, Popovich said, you know what? Game's over, guys. Come come sit on the bench. Not a problem. I'm okay. Like, a lot of times when Popovich was getting blown out by the Lakers and stuff, you know what, guys? It's a wrap. You know, come come on, sit down, because this, this isn't working right now. There's no point in you guys going out there and tr trying to run up and down the court, possibly, you know, hurt yourself, trying to put out all this energy to win a game that we're too far behind. And Maybe... Maybe, too, that is also a strategy of motivation, saying, look, you suck right now. Look what's happening to you. I'm benching you yeah. because you suck right now. It's not just that the game is over and I'm going to arrest you. It's you deserve this. And I want you to see <laughs> really? it. And I, and I want you to see it. I want you. It's, and you ever notice why those guys are on the bench? They look so sad. And that's my thing for the Warriors. Like, I, I just – they've been on top for a minute. But I think they kind of, a lot of Warriors fans in general kind of forgot who they were and where they kind of came from. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they were a laughing stock in the NBA for over 20 years, over 25 years, you know, up until run TMC was a long time ago. And up until then, or up until what, 2015, they were kind of a joke for the most part. So for, for them to lose like that and just watch Clay Thompson's face and Steph Curry, who I think is, is a great player, but probably the most arrogant player in the league. Like if LeBron did, he is pretty arrogant. if LeBron or James Harden or anybody did what Curry did as far as how he shoots and stuff like that, you the would shimmy hate and the, the, the look at the stare at the rim and stuff like that. Like, I'll, I'll give my wife credit for this. She hated Steph Curry year one of this run. When the first year they were good, she goes, this guy is a jerk. And everyone was like, oh, my God, Steph, he's the best. Look at his shooting. We've never seen it before. And she was like, this guy sucks. I hate it. It's tight. Like the way. And she she got tight, it. But... She got it immediately. And now 
And now everyone's starting to follow suit with the Steph's an arrogant it's shooter. Just, I mean, cause, because you know, if it was a player that we we're just kind of lukewarm about, you know, like we know he's good, but we don't really like him, you know, it'd be like, oh, look at he's such a he's the biggest jerk in the world. Look how look look at the arrogance there. But because we kind of like Steph and he doesn't look really threatening and things like that, yeah, it's it's easier to swallow. You you win a unanimous MVP and not be arrogant. It was okay. before that. Okay. I, I know, but that. I mean, I, I mean, let's uh, just face oh, it. The guy's been okay, like, Jesse. I will do that. I mean, <laughs> seriously, I, why? Just go about your business, man. You because don't need to be arrogant. That's the way all these got. Like LeBron's not arrogant. KD's not arrogant. But, uh, but that being said, some of the stories on the about floor, LeBron are hilarious. On the floor, it's one of those things. I, I go back to the Mario Chalmers thing. Him and LeBron get into it, and then the like the the next time they're on the bench, you see LeBron look over and say, "Real, my bad, man. I'm sorry about that." Like that's call it arrogant, call it whatever you want to, but that's somebody that's aware enough to say, "Hey, man." My fault, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did that to you right there in, in, in front of everybody. Whatever the case is, man. Steph is coming up, pulling up half court, staring at the ball as, as it goes in the rim and kind of does his little shimmy backwards or throw three points up in the air. It's like, bro, like if, if that was James Harden, people hate the cook thing. They couldn't stand it. Oh, my God, just play basketball. Like if if he acted – if Arrogance breeds greatness, and there's a reason why all of these guys have so much hate thrown their way. There's a reason why the beard gets so much hate thrown his way. I mean, it, arrogance breeds greatness. There's a reason you're great. Tim I mean, Duncan was never arrogant, and he's one of the greatest centers of all no, time. No, and a lot of people – like, and a lot of people forget about Tim Duncan, too. When you think about – he is. He's one of the greatest players my, to ever play. My, my 1A, 1B player of all time. Yeah. Not a lot of people talk about Tim Duncan. Why? Because he's – the just kind of go around about your business. I can do a whole show on Tim Duncan. That's the uh, that's the good thing about Tim Duncan. Yeah, you, it you is. Don't, you don't need to be talked about. Just go about your business. No. Be one of the greatest of all time. He was comfy no, being in a small why, market. You know why he doesn't talk? He's not talked about. Is because it's not an it's not an argument. That's why when you talk about the best at that position, it's not an argument. You you know who the best power forward or possibly best big is. It's it's Tim Duncan. It's Oh, it could be KG, and it could be Dirk, and it could be no. It's Tim Duncan, and that, that's of all the positions that there are. You can argue best two guard with Kobe and and uh, Jordan. Most people are going to take Jordan, but you can make an argument for it. Tim Duncan's the one position at any one of those. You're like, no, it's 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 Tim Duncan, bro. Best point guard could be Magic, could be this. No, it's it's Tim Duncan. So the narrative for me for Rockets Warriors, it's a great series. It's the two best teams in the NBA. We are getting what we wanted. Absolutely. Let's not write it off before it's over. Let's enjoy what will likely be a very good six, seven game series between these two teams. I still think the Warriors will win it, which is what I've always thought. But uh, let's enjoy it while we have it. And don't expect Steph to hit one three tonight. <laughs> oh, no. Expect him to get. He plays different at Oracle. This team plays different at Oracle. The crowd is incredibly loud. And, um, you know, just don't let them go on a run to end quarters, man. That's where the Warriors shine. All right, coming up next, we will discuss the legalization of sports gambling Woo! in the U.S. This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.